Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Rise. It has been a minute since I've connected with you guys. Last episode that I launched, I had Christy Aramo on, and um, you know she was a pleasure. She's getting her mind right, getting focused for the CrossFit Games. And I think she's probably going to have a pretty darn competitive, if not the most competitive year yet for her. Um, how that will shake out in the standings, that'll be something we can discuss. But I'm thankful that she put the time to come on the show. As you noticed, Athlete to Athlete has taken a hiatus or pause primarily to the fact that we are days away. In fact, most athletes are already on site in Madison. It's a little hard to track them down. It's a little hard to find the freedom and the ability to interview them. Um, some of them are avoiding the spotlight and or interviews prior to kickoff. Um, and some of them are just amidst travel. And myself, I'm amidst preparation too. I'm going to the CrossFit Games this year. I'm just going as a commentator. Yes, I was officially hired as talent, quote unquote, which is a whole new different title for me that I am certainly not used to for the CrossFit Games. I am going to have the opportunity to fulfill a role that I've never filled before. Even looking back to semifinals, many of you got to tune in and listen to me commentate and cover the Atlas games. It was an honor and it was a pleasure. I got to be beside Joel Godet, who showed me the ropes, uh, looked after me, and I had a great production team. And I even had Mike Arsenault there to kind of show me the ropes and coach me up as we went throughout the weekend as well. I enjoyed it thoroughly and I seriously look forward to opportunities just like that more in the future. Truly, to get to talk fitness, for me to get to watch what's happening live on the event floor and get to share my mind, the background that I have in regards to competing in the space, to training in the space, the preparation, the discipline, and the challenges that come with it, and then also to put on my coach's hat and be able to describe to you what's happening on the floor and how it might happen in an affiliate and how they correlate and how the stories aren't separate, but they blend together is a beautiful thing. If you can't tell, I'm particularly passionate about that particular role. But my role at the CrossFit Games, it's going to be a little different. I'm literally listed as a utility commentator. Now, if you know me in any way personally, this completely suits my personality. This completely suits my diverse skill set and many different things. I always grew up playing multiple sports. Now, I find myself even having the opportunity to have careers in many different fields. I'm a business owner. I love to coach. I still participate as an athlete. And yet I oversee running my own training business. And now I get an opportunity not just to participate in the CrossFit Games podcast, have my own podcast here, but to also be able to act as a commentator and more specifically utility, which again brings me back to the point. I like to be a jack of all trades. Now I'm not exactly sure how the days will play out and what time I'll be where and what location and what particular heats and or events I will be broadcasting around. But I do know particular details. I am going to be teamed up with none other than Tommy Marquez, the legend, and Annie Sakamoto, one of the queens of CrossFit, to help cover and broadcast details and predictions before events, and then also do some wrapping post events. And that will happen all day long and throughout the day. So look forward to that type of coverage. I am also going to get an opportunity to flex my hand at commentary again. I believe that I'm going to be used utility-wise between the teens and the masters, particularly on Thursday when the individuals and teams are out uh, of the competition area and they're either shooting content or recovering 
um, or getting prepared for the next few days of competition through uh, walkthroughs and, and venue setups and all the logistics that take place on the backside. But nonetheless, um, I'm going to get to do a little bit of it all. I believe that on Sunday, Tommy and Annie will advance then to live coverage for CBS. Um, yes, get ready for the live coverage that's going to take place. Make sure you guys tune in. The more viewers and support that we have, uh, of course, the more resources we will likely have in the future to cover the sport at a more broad and more detailed spectrum. So look forward to that. Be on the lookout to schedule releases, heat releases, times, and all those things that are coming your way. As you know, information has already been pushed out from HQ about the CrossFit Games in regards to things that we can expect, a general schedule, a general timeline, but not a lot of detail. So hang on tight, be anticipating what is to come. And um, I'm certainly gonna be doing the same, but I couldn't be more excited to fulfill that role. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, the particular role that I will fill um, is gonna be, you know, open-ended to a degree. I, I don't wanna be a transition man. I will fulfill any role that they ask me to, but I don't wanna be the guy that's just cut to for a minute before we segue to someone else or talk about really quickly, briefly what the athletes did while I think I can capture that. And again, I will do anything I'm asked to do my heart and desire is to discuss what is truly taking place there, what we just saw, what we're watching, the movements and the combination of the movements and why we might be seeing this and why it might be pre presenting particular challenges for particular individuals and what we might be looking for that might create a struggle or what we just watched that was a beautiful, elegantly executed um, method in order to get the best time possible. Or when we're talking about Tia, you know, what it takes to dominate and potentially win two thirds of the workouts and get first place. I don't know, but that's the type of coverage that I'm fired up for. So hopefully I get an opportunity to do that. Hopefully you guys hear my voice and see my face out there. Um, I couldn't be more honored uh, to be selected and be a part of this. Um, but that kind of brings us to what the CrossFit Games means this year. I think that 2022 is a uniquely special year specifically because of the fact that we're back in the swing of things. 2020, we knew was weird um, with, with only five men and five women and out of the ranch and it was in the fall and it was just it was just a weird year, right? The COVID deal. Then we get out of this and we, we start to compete. Still, some things are, are not in person in regards to semifinals and qualification details specifically. And then we're back in Madison. It's the first year of the take over from Noble from Reebok. We didn't know what to expect as athletes. We didn't know what to expect as competitors. We didn't know what to expect as, as spectators. What was a turnout going to be like? Had the zeal for the sport diminished? Like, what was it going to be? And when we showed up, it was what it was. Things might have been a little rusty, but everyone was so pumped to see each other from judges to HQ staff in the back to the media teams, like everyone was so pumped to be on site and be back and to be putting on such a show again, that now as we segue forward, and of course you guys know what I did last year, I, I punched my ticket as an opportunity because I saw the opportunity there. I, I, I didn't have the time to put forth my efforts to be a full-time athlete anymore, but I knew because I was a rookie in the 35 to 40, I was gonna have an opportunity to, to get back to the games and I wanted to taste it again as an individual, so I did. And I was able to get onto the podium and finish third. Uh, behind Kyle Kasperbauer and James Hobart, two dudes that I wouldn't have taken sec I wouldn't have preferred to take second place to anyone else or third place. I'm sorry, um, but first place would have been real, real nice and a lot better than third. That's for sure. But I digress to say that I just wanted to get back. I wanted to have the experience. My wife and I took that week to get to the CrossFit Games. She enjoyed it thoroughly as a spectator and being there to support me. 
We got to go out for dinner every night. It was the first time we'd been away from two of our two children uh, for that long together. So it was a beautiful experience, but it was a great way to get back in the atmosphere, to, to get the mojo flowing. I got to even coach an athlete. I literally competed 35 to 39, and I had an athlete punch her ticket for the very first time as a master's athlete last year as well. And that was almost more exciting for me than being there present myself. I can't deny that. It's because I've taken athletes and then developed athletes over the years and had them have an opportunity at the big stage, whether it was on a team, whether it was individual and in the master's categories, but to see her in the 35 to 39, someone that's still in the very much the prime of their athletic pursuit, uh, be it the CrossFit Games, um, and, and to have that experience for the first time, man, what a, what a fulfilling experience for me. And it just motivated me even more, which is why there are so many unique things taking place in my life with the coaching aspect of things where Train to Rise Up, the, the, the app that we have is soon going to be transitioning to a new platform. And, and with that, we've, we've really added some wonderful coaches to the team. Um, if any of you guys have been in the CrossFit space for a while, you're going to be familiar with the name of Sean Waxman, who has coached athletes at the world's level for, for many years. Um, he's an OG in the CrossFit space all the way back to 2008, 2009, being out at Aromas at the CrossFit Games. Um, he was you know, in the, in the Olympic weightlifting community isn't huge, but he's he's a great instructor. He knows all the ins and outs of drills, skills, and how to develop psychologically an athlete to be great with the barbell. Um, so nonetheless, we're, we're, I'm, I'm partnering with him. He's on our staff as our Olympic weightlifting specialist. Uh, we're working with Sheena Hammer, who is a Division One gymnast uh, from Southern Utah University. I've competed both with and against her throughout my career here in Utah. Um, so she's going to be our gymnastics specialist. Uh, I've got myself as a metabolic conditioning spe specialist, aka the mixed modal man. Um, and then I've got two two other coaches that I have had the opportunity to um, really oversee their development from the time they began coaching. Um, one, his name is Chris Clapier, and he is our, our really one of our primary strength conditioning coaches. He's going to oversee a lot of our recovery work and priming work, um, both before and after training sessions for our true competitors um, and going to bring a unique background in athletic performance, specifically similar to mine, where speed and agility, plyometrics, um, unilateral work and bounding uh, in many different planes are going to show its fruits within our program because of his tutelage and his oversight. And then we've got Carson Welty, who is the owner or, or the manager, uh, part owner at Wasatch CrossFit. Um, and, and I had an opportunity to coach him since he was about 17 years old. Uh, that dates me a little bit. Um, but he has now uh, run and managed the gym that I exited uh, back in 2017 when I started uh, FNX. Um, and, and he's on our staff now, uh, really as one of our energy system specialists. So he's going to oversee a lot of our endurance training, our aerobic and anaerobic development. Um, a lot of our currently in this part of the season, the AM PM sessions that surround the mixed modal and the gymnastics and the strength training uh, that's really important. But all of our brains are going to be coming together and collaborating to create our first eight week block that will launch um, probably within the next three weeks on the new platform and more details are going to be coming to you guys. But that's what I have had going on. Now, when I talk about programming and what made me kind of diverge into this topic is that this year we have got a new CrossFit Games programmer. It's not the Dave Castro, and you know that by now, and you know him as Adrian. And anyone with the name Adrian, I'm going to have an innate passion for and in supporting them. Um, 
I'll say, honestly, all, all joking aside, I've known Adrian Bosman since the moment that I got on seminar staff and even known of him before that. Um, but me having an opportunity to see him as a mentor and as a boss to a degree uh, on level one seminar staff had always been an honor. I always really respected Adrian uh, for the way that he led, the way that he spoke. Um, him and Dave are very different, uh, yet uh, none has a preferred style of leadership. For me, as someone who is willing to follow um, when I'm asked or when a time is needed, uh, both those men I'd be willing to follow um, in, in whatever endeavor uh, was presented for me. And I think that uh, that's important for people to understand that I'm very much a leader and yet, uh, you know, Boz had, has, has taught me a lot. Um, I'm going to take you guys back. I particularly remember a time, I, I want to believe it was like 20, it could have been 2017, um, but we had our level one, level one trainer summit uh, somewhere in San Diego. And um, this is where all 200 of us on level one seminar staff get together from across the world. And we refine our skills and we talk about what the charges for the next year, what are we going to do? How are we going to move the needle? How do we keep the standard and hold the standard where it is. And I remember a talk that he gave us and it was, it was, it was put much more eloquently than I'll present it to you guys. But essentially he shared that, you know, CrossFit and, and those of us that really teach the level one kernel and understand it to its basics and how to communicate it and what it really means to teach, to see, to observe and to correct movement and to do so with unique presence and attitude and be able to deliver uh, while you're able to, to inspire and entertain this group of people, we, we were setting the table in a way as if the, you would set the table for someone who would come to your house for dinner. And over the years, what has happened with CrossFit is that people come, they're invited to the table and things aren't normally set the way that they may prefer the way that their table has previously been set. And what do they do? They want to show us a new place where the fort can go or they want to slightly adjust where the salt position is. Well, it's going to be more within reach here off to the right instead of way off to the left. So let's put the salt there, CrossFit. Let's put the salt there, Adrian. And Boz encouraged us with this talk to set the table and hold the standard. And I remember specifically him using the example of the fork and the salt where if someone moves that fork a little to the left or a smidgen to the right, it's our job to move it back and to put it there and to hold it there. And it's the same with the salt. And to all due respect to the visitor or to the person offering their influence or their information, they can go set their own table, but this is ours and this is how it's set. And I just never forget that talk. I really think that it, it holds true to many things in my own life, whether for me, that means morally as a Christian man or the way that I lead my family, or the way that I love and serve my wife or whatever it might be, the way that I run my business here at FNX with my business partner and the people that we hire and allow to have the fruits to support their own families, anything, or the way that I coach athletes through, through true and the way that I interact with my own coaches that serve us there, anything in life this applied to. I loved the lesson. Um, and I really appreciated that. And it always stands out to me. So nonetheless, Boz, great leader. Here's what we know about Boz. Boz does have more of a bodyweight background, more into circus and gymnastics. And because of that, a lot of people, there's a lot of chatter about, well, what's this going to mean for the CrossFit Games? I'm not really sure exactly what this is going to mean for the CrossFit Games. But I can say that it's probably not going to be as glaring as a difference as people will expect. Yes, athletes are going to be challenged in new ways, but when haven't they? Yes, Adrian is going to bring a new flavor to the programming, but Dave had his own flavor. If both of these men are good at their jobs, there will be little change that we notice. There will be little flavor or little leaning to one side of, well, 
it's time for them to do harder gymnastics or harder body weights or isometric contractions. Of course, we can expect new things. I hope I would have had the same expectations with Dave Castro. But with Adrian Bosman, we can't create this, this, un, this understanding or assumption that, wow, it's going to be so different this year. If it is so different, that's not good programming. That either speaks to the fact that there's been lack of variance and creativity in the past, or Adrian's trying to make too hard of a flex in one direction. Like, here I am. This is my, this is my stage now. Neither of those things would be right, in my opinion. I hope to see the athletes challenged in new ways, 100%. I hope that they have the opportunity to do new things. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just lead like this. I think that isometric contractions are going to be a problem for some athletes, and I hope that it's tested this year. And that could range from things like an L-sit, or it could range from things like a freestanding handstand hold in a 4 by 4 box. Folks, remember back to 2020 and that weird testing year? Well, in segment one of the CrossFit Games, when there were more participation athletes than the five that got to advance to stage two, they had to hold that max effort. Athletes held up for minutes on end. Most of the men were able to get over a minute, between a minute and two minutes, and most women went even longer than that. I want to see this movement appear. Freestanding handstand holds a mix, um, amongst other movements. Mixed modal hard breathing. Include it with ring muscle-ups, include it with thrusters, include it with dumbbell snatch, include it with running, whatever it is, but you got to accumulate a certain time there, either in the middle or at the beginning or at the end. Show that skill, show that capacity. It's not going to be the sexiest thing, but we will see some things happen. A lot like, and it would be, you know, remiss for us not to even think about what happened last year. Think about the dynamic movement that we had last year. We know that CrossFit loves to see upside down. We know that they love to challenge us and test us on our hands. But that's been overkill in the years past. This modality shouldn't always be tested alone. And it's been tested alone too many times in the last few years. Now, here's what I will also say is that not only did they walk upside down on many different obstacles last year for time, but they also then did the freestanding handstand push-up. Now, in the order of operations, in my mind, why not first test dynamically in a workout uh, a static handstand hold in free space? Because then we have the freedom to understand while athletes can stop their momentum and hold it and show it. Fantastic. While they're breathing hard. But then now we can make it more dynamic. We can, we can add the lines and keep them pretty close together and make it difficult and, and understand the judges will understand what they need to see better. There needs to be levels and considerations to this. And I think that was a bit of a whiff last year with presenting that when it could have been. See this box right here? You have to kick up. Once your feet leave the ground and both hands are down, the time starts accumulating. Your hands do not need to um, be statically on the ground. They can move and shift from side to side, but you got to stay in the four by four box. That's how we're going to standardize this thing. If your fingers touch the line or at any time your feet touch the ground, that is when the clock stops. The judge is there with the handheld and they're accumulating your time. I want to see that as an event. Now, will it happen? I don't know, but athletes need to go back and do their research. Isometric contractions need to be trained more often at a higher level. If we start to do this in our sport, I must guarantee you the fluidity of gymnastics, the bigger sets, um, the, the, the easier and the faster times that we'll see with legless rope climbs, rope climbs, um, handstand walking, wall walks, everything will improve because they focus more on isometrics. We all do know that way back in the day, back back in the day, Greg Glassman wrote an article that presumed the fact that some of the fittest in the world should be able to hold an Elsa for three minutes straight. I don't believe there's anyone in our sport, maybe on the female side that's even close, uh, the men would get broken in half by that. So I'm excited, but I don't think there's going to be such a strong curve that we're going to see uh, things change a ton, right? So Boz, I can't wait to see what you do, man. I can't wait to see what it looks like. I'm excited to be there covering it because you know 
I'm going to talk about what I see. Um, what new implements are going to be out this year? That's that's the thing. We see that teams are going to have an opportunity to bike already. And I'm recording this on July 28th. So if you guys have seen more information, of course, that's exciting as well. But I'm just talking about what I do know. Um, and, and, and we can only assume uh, that the individuals are going to have some new things as well. If the teams are biking, we know there will be a surplus of bikes. We can assume the individuals are going to be biking as well. We also noticed that they have marked off a distance from the venue to the capital. What will this be, a run? Will it be a bike? Will they have to run to the capital, get a bike, then ride a different distance? Wouldn't that be cool? I think that's something that we need to consider and the athletes hopefully should be considering it. What if there is actually on-site at the Capitol or rig or barbells or dumbbells or something there where it's like the city of Madison can just crowd that area, shut down the block and watch the CrossFit games in the middle of their city. How powerful of a flex would that, would that be? Not just from the CrossFit games, but also the city of Madison. I mean, good night. Good luck trying to find another city that's willing to do that and has the capacity to do that. That'd be so cool. So I'm excited about some of these hints that have been released so far. Um, the athletes are going to get in water. We know that. We know that it wouldn't be a test of fitness if they haven't been requested to swim. We know that there's only been one swim requested at semifinals. That's going to be one athlete on the male side, one athlete on the female side, and one team that have been asked to swim. I don't even know if teams did swim, actually. And that was in Africa um, at their semifinal. So we know that they're going to get in the pool because that is what we saw from the preview. How? I don't know. In my personal opinion, I want to see a sprint style swim where technique is important. Maybe flip turns are important and an advantage. Um, this is something that has been a long time coming in our sport. I love the use of open water. I do believe it's a bit more functional and valued in testing in regards to survival and the other things that CrossFit often represents to the first responders and or the everyday man and woman. Um, but I think these, these nuanced skill sets are a part of sport and something that we should be focusing on. So I think that it's time for them to make their appearance. I would love to see. Now, I'd love to see this format for any type of thing. I know it wouldn't be as exciting for the spectators, or would it? You guys let me know your thoughts. But I'd love to see a 100-meter swim for time. But instead of making the winner stick around and do more work to earn a higher placing, I want the fastest times to be set immediately out the gate times one through 10 or, or one through five all get the, their, their times are set. We know the event winner. We know second, third, and fourth and fifth place, and they get to rest. Then the rest of the athletes remain in the pool or they have to take the, the pool again to see where and minimize damage and they have to keep swimming. This penalizes the person who is slower and it pays to be a winner even more. You get to recover, you get to start getting your mind right, getting ready for the next event, build momentum, and you're watching the rest of these slaps out there trying to fight for you know, damage control essentially is what it would turn into. I think it could be cool. It would have to be a unique ability for them to tell the story and keep people engaged throughout the event, but I think people would be. I think it, it just creates a new excitement for people down towards the bottom of the rung as well. They get to actually have the limelight on them per se, uh, even though it won't be the way that they that they uh, desire. So, you know, swim faster. Um, the bottom line is whether it's from top to bottom or bottom to top elimination, I would love to see a sprint in the water. And I say that because we've, we sprint all the time on the ground and it is valid and it should be tested 100%. Um, we, we see it a lot and yet we only see in the pool um, swims, at least with a full, I will argue a full, um, a full pool of athletes. Um, 
we've only we've only seen you know swims that are like paced out moderate moderately fast with that being said i'd love to see people have to have to send it in the water someone and some of you may argue that swimming things in 2020 again stage two of the crossfit games that year uh that that involved a short swim but i really believe the swim was irrelevant um all athletes pretty much took the same pace in the water most of the time and was dictated in their transitions specifically and honestly believe it or not it was a lot of the time or lack of their time spent on the the ghd and the the, the, the med ball slam or the d ball slam excuse me so nonetheless I, i'm excited to see what they bring to us in the pool it's going to be sweet um i'm excited to see what event the teams are going to participate in with the bike are they going to use the same blocked off distance to the capital will it be a similar event will it be completely different who knows I just know that Boz has made a statement about the programming for the teams taking more of a forefront than it has even in years past where the teams isn't necessarily a sideshow, but there is a separate team that oversees that. And sometimes that's taken place after the individuals are set and more of a secondary priority. This year, it seems as though they took more of an equal approach to that. And I can't wait to see how it's administered and represented within the test. My last question to you guys and what I'm excited about is what is the heavy lift going to be? We know that the athletes are going to go heavy. I believe that they already said it's going to be on Saturday night in the Coliseum. So think about it. What could it be? Lay out the format of the test. In the open, we saw no heavy lifts. We saw a 225-pound deadlift with most of the elites, of course, all did 100 times or 110 times or whatever it was um, with burpees burpees. It's nothing to them. Their backs weren't sore. They probably repeated the workout and still crushed it and were fine. But I will say, we get to the semifinal level, and it was a beauty. I loved the test, the strength test, the semifinal level. If you don't know, it's called the other total. Athletes had a particular amount of time to get through three lifts. They had to bench press, they had to overhead squat, and they had to clean. You could power it or squat it. Wow. All three of those put together really allows us to see a, a very well-roundedness that I was impressed with throughout our community. We noticed that the numbers kind of aligned. People had different glaring weaknesses or strengths. But overall, it was about athleticism and being well-rounded. Instead of just picking one movement, let's throw out there an example of the deadlift, which guess what? I would love to see personally as an athlete. If I was out there on the field, I'd be like, please, God, please let Adrian and the team select a deadlift. It could be one rep. It could be three reps. It could be five reps. I don't care. Just let me let me deadlift this thing. I could see that. Um, I, I, I Actually, I couldn't see that, right? It's a little bit too strength biased in regards to, hey, if you have a very unique specialty, you can stand out a little bit more there. At least that's the excuse that everybody else uses. I personally think it's fine with every strength movement they test because it's strength, people. It's not like, well, they shouldn't back squat because there's a lot of strong back squatters. Yeah, so what? What's that mean? I don't understand when you, when you say that, well, the strength test needs to be a particular way. No, it doesn't. It just needs to be a strength test, sir, ma'am. Move on. If you don't like it, get stronger at that lift. That is the name of the game, right? And, and we know when we roll the dice every year and show up, anything could show up. Let's make it a one rep max trick press. How many people would be ticked off about that? And I'd be like, cool, it's a, strength, it's a strength test. What more can CrossFit do? What more can they do? It's about the athletes and the test. It's not about your opinion, but I'll listen to it because I'm just giving you mine. I digress. My biggest prediction is that we're going to see a max thruster. Okay. And the thruster standards, if you don't remember this, they did once test us with a max thruster. They did heavy thrusters last year. What I would categorize as heavy thrusters at 185, 125. Um, and they did it 55 reps in a workout. 
you know, 10 down to one. That was that was very impressive to see, one, what Mal O'Brien did, uh, literally beating everyone by minutes. Um, but the whole community at large just doing that volume at the final workout on day one was absolutely ridiculous. We got a good taste of it in the Masters, although all we did was 10, 8, 6, 4, 2 with wall walks and 185 and 125 thrusters. Let me tell you something. That was all I wanted to wrestle with at the end of our workout. The downside for us, it was at the end of our workout. So that was, I believe, the ninth, the ninth workout in three days. So your boy was feeling that, and I don't like thrusters one bit, not once, not ever. But like I told the community in my commentary of the CrossFit Games at the, at the Atlas Games, if I had to pick one lift to make everybody really fit and really healthy, if I had to pick one lift to train for a lifetime of athleticism and or fitness or health, it's the thruster. You can do it heavy and get strong. You can do it light and get fit. Boom. Pick the thruster more often, folks. And I'm telling you, and I don't even like it. I don't like to do it, but I know what it does for me. It's like eating that spinach. It's like eating that broccoli. It's like eating those things that you don't want to eat. You need it. It's good for you. So will it be the thruster? I don't know. Could it be the three-rep overhead squat? We saw this back at the regional level years and years ago, and I believe it could be time to bring it back. We tested it as a one-rep in the other total, and it would be really impressive to see. Can athletes at the CrossFit Games show up and do close to or their one rep for three nonetheless folks i wanted to wrap this up i want to make sure that you guys know i'm excited i will be on site at the crossfit games if you see me say hello i would love to meet any of you that are present i'm going to be excited just to be there and be participating with the media team for the very first time um, my hands get sweaty as i think about it and i'm couldn't be um, more honored to be selected to fulfill this role. So hopefully it's just a sign of many things to come in the future. And uh, they let me play a little bit more as we go. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I know you're pumped about the CrossFit Games because guess what? I am. And guess what? I'm hitting you with another episode here shortly. It's time to talk about my top 10 men and the podium picks. Then I'll also hit you with top 10 women and podium picks. And I'm not going to leave any details out. I'm going to give you the rhyme and a reason. Keep rising.